we'll get into it. Um, episode number. Thank you. <laughs> ah, he knows me so well. <laughs> All right. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 67. Who do we have? Chris Adams. Chris O'Neill. Kevin Butler. Michael Turksani. Sorry, we didn't rehearse who goes first. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> welcome. Guests first, I think. Yeah, welcome. You can see my shadows from my lighting. Um, yes, thanks for thanks for joining us today, Chris. It's been uh been a good convo so far offline now we're gonna we're gonna go on air with the convo um yeah thanks for joining us i know we've uh we've kind of known each other and you've known about goose and we've known about you and i think we had some past lives together so this is great to sort of reconnect and get a get a take on what you're up to and then talk i think a lot about content and content strategies so why don't you give us a, an intro that's great, Michael. Thanks. And uh, it was great to uh, behind the scenes uh, discuss uh, going back, you know, into the early 2000s around content management and hot banana and uh, web hosting and then getting into uh, the G shift and uh, a life around that for me uh, and, and knowing Goose Digital at that point in time. Uh, right now, I'm I started five years ago a company called Adams Hamilton and Hamilton is my middle name and uh, I kind of wanted to create an awe, awe moments for my clients. So I called it Adams mm -hmm. Hamilton and I did rank really well in the search engines until the, uh, the Hamilton sort of uh, New York Broadway show uh, came on and then all of my search results are gone now because, oh. uh, because Adams and Hamilton are both two presidents that were happened to be featured in that play. <laughs> mm -hmm. But in reality, uh, I, I went on to be a only a shareholder at G shift uh, that was acquired in around 2018 by a company out in Vancouver called Mintent. Um, so Adams Hamilton has been focused around or hyper-focused around content strategy. And, and, and there needs to be this branding, this aspect of cadence, uh, this aspect of uh, non-salesy content. And obviously Diffuse Digital is very aware of, of, of that in the industry that you're in. And, and, and it's really tough for uh, when you're inside the fishbowl to sort of be that, that content and how it can be kind of produced to the audience types that need to. Uh, and then obviously as Goose Digital is aware, you know, you guys are helping your clients understand, you know, what are the stages of, of the sales process and how do we engineer that within our B2B, you know, Pardot platform and how do we help you achieve those efficiencies uh, in your sales? So that's cool. So Adams Hamilton, we do the content part and we put that or help put that into systems and work with agencies uh, like yourselves. Uh, part of my other day-to-day -day life is I've invested in them on a number of boards of software companies and I happen to be uh, an entrepreneur in residence at uh, Georgian College's Innovation Center. It's called awesome. the Henry Burnick Entrepreneurship Center and also Ryerson DMZ. I have a portfolio of some software companies that I support through Ryerson's uh, innovation program. And you're in a band. In the post-COVID world, uh, I'm in a band. It's called Sonic Coalition. And uh, the, the mayor, the city of Barrie uh, mayor is the drummer in the band. We've kind of like 
our community giving is to be, you know, provide our, our entertainment value to uh, support any kind of fundraising mechanisms, you know, for hospice or, you know, an art gallery or the hospital, things of that nature. It's awesome. Now, do you write the bio for your band? Are you the content writer behind that? I have been the shaper of uh, the game. The, <laughs> the band's name has changed a bit over the years, and uh, I think we've nailed the Sonic Coalition part. Uh, you you don't really want to know what it started like at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Awesome. Well, that sounds really good. Um, I, we've been talking about content a lot lately actually and I think you know just some observations and then I think just you know really we're just having a discussion today about about this topic but Goose gets brought in so we're about we've sort of pivoted our messaging a little bit Chris into um, you know away from the marketing automation experts and and earlier this year I guess a few months ago um, we pivoted our messaging towards sort of helping drive marketing performance and, and, you know, automation and some of the MarTech and the digital marketing demand gen is obviously part of that, that, that whole story. Um, but where we've sort of uh, observed uh, the biggest sort of inflection point when we get brought into to deals a lot of times is there's a lot of emphasis on the systems or getting the under what we might call like the plumbing of your pipeline and, and, the the drip campaigns and how that would all kind of flow together and um the content conversation is almost like an afterthought you know we get we will look at, at some of these programs and evaluate them like within the system and, and you know and look at them sort of critically and say like i'm not sure this is actually like meeting the strategic objective here um and but they're asking us to sort of wire all this stuff up and get it into, you know, get into the programs and what have you. So I'd like to maybe start the conversation off because I think that's where we're about to go. Like, how do we attach the content to the strategy to the business strategy? Great question. And I think this is one of those, those things. That I'm, I'm sure, certain all of your clients are, are, are challenged in this way. And really, it comes down to their lives are very busy. Uh, they're obviously already trying to achieve while they're working with you to try to improve their operations. Uh, they're probably uh, needing to meet certain targets every quarter and every month and uh, they're challenged in their normal day to day uh, sort of work. So getting some some silent time to achieve hey let's think about some content ideas and let's think about how we can write this stuff it probably is just a challenge and so within that uh, realm. Uh, I'm certain you guys go through the whole archetype of like, what are your audiences? You know, what are your segments? What do they sort of want to know? What software do they use? What are the, what's the SWOT analysis of exactly uh, what they're doing? Uh, and then start to look at, okay, if I was at stage one, what kind of content do I need? Sort of an awareness, like, you know, campaign, which is your typical, you know, blog fluff you can call it that or you know it's just getting getting your brand out there and kind of showing that you know something uh the second layer would be you know they're a little bit more hey i'm engaging you a little bit more i need to know uh, where you're positioned in, in the category are, are you checking off one of the things that i want uh, are there some things that are cool uh, is there things that are missing in your offering that you know might be a deal breaker for me i need to know that kind of thing and that can kind of go with webinars and and, uh, and, and lead generation like, uh, you know, white papers. 
then we might get into uh, another layer, which would be, you know, hey, I need to now arm myself. Okay, I'm your, I'm your champion, convince me. Uh, if I'm going to get something uh, going in my organization, I need, I need evidence, I need uh, help, I need help as a champion. So now I need a, I need a white paper, I need an ARA proven sort of ROI or more white papers that I can kind of push up the food chain to whoever's you know, gonna be signing off as part of this, this program. That yeah. could be the CIO, could be a CTO, could be your accountant, could be the president of the organization. But you know, I, I need to be armed as your champion. And, and, and that content strategy you know, needs to be built uh, into, this, uh, into your pipeline you know, as you're challenging your, or your clients you sort of think about, you know, what are the stages of life that people deal with you uh, as much as if they're trying to achieve, you know, it depends. Oh, I'm not rambling on here. And no. uh, there's the accountant type that wants to know, Hey, you know, I want to be able to predict every quarter, you know, mm -hmm. my, my total, my total potential income for that quarter or month based on, you know, we have a uh, 10 leads at 10% and you have three leads at 70%. And, you know, what's the math on that? You've got that person internally. Uh, and then obviously you have the sales and marketing people that are like, hey, uh, there's only a few people here. Uh, we need to try to utilize, you know, a B2B software platform to help, you know, make us look like we're six people uh, and, and, and try to figure out the methodology to get me to only talk to the right people and uh, in, in the in the pipeline, mm -hmm. and so that's you, you're the architects, and you're doing some digital transformation. And it's probably for some clients a challenge, just because it's change management. Change management's you know hard uh, as it is, and as we all know. So those 100%, are all the fun, 100, yeah, hundred percent fun yeah. parts. Fun parts of the uh, the change, yeah. Yeah, I would say a couple of things there on the on the change management. Maybe I'll then I'll turn it over to Kev because I think that's a really good point. There's there's this, you know, we we broadly bucket our customers into two camps. One that um, we refer to as extend goose extend, where they they really have um, their strategies largely driven by them. And what they need is a sort of consistent extension of their team through different capabilities and marketing, marketing operations dimensions. So they have gaps in their group, but their strategy, whether their strategy, you know, delivers results or, or not is a different story, but it's really being driven by them. They've got a good handle on it and they use us as an extension of their team. And then we have another group where we refer to them almost as this transform to your point on you know, digital transformation, where that strategy dial is much more in our court uh, to help them guide and, and understand they're, they're usually in the infancy stage of their marketing um, overall, you know, contributing to their business growth. So they're, they're going through that change management process and they're going through learning really about how, how do I put together messaging that is going to resonate? Like, you know, all those different stages, you know, these businesses are, you've been around for a while, they've grown, however, they've grown through traditional sales or otherwise. And now they're looking at putting their brand out there and, you know, they're, they're testing this messaging out, you know, well, what's going to resonate with somebody that is looking to be a, you know, a client, you know, they were talking earlier about buying more olives, you know, and um, it's interesting because some of the things that they may come up with or instinctively say, well, this is what it is. And this is our value prop. And this is what we've been doing for 35 years. 
that doesn't easily translate onto a Facebook or a LinkedIn or, or, you know, your, your campaign level lens. So that, that can be, you know, a very tough place to play. We like, we like being there because we think it adds a lot of value. And if you get help a customer through that process, very rewarding, but you know, obviously it's not an easy process, a lot easier for us to just all go, you know, be an extension to Nike or, you know, any one of these big brands that know what they're doing. So. I like that extend and uh, definitely that's much needed in the marketplace as people are, you know, possibly moving in and out of an organization. You're that, that steady rock that's there and you understand the KPIs that one and the goals and visions that, you know, the client wants to achieve uh, and you're helping those individuals uh, achieve those results and, and, and be that sort of rock, uh, provide that expert knowledge on on the b2b uh sales and marketing systems that you're putting in excellent so i guess from my perspective chris adams i was kind of curious what kind of trends and shifts have you seen in content or content deployment uh over the last few years and where do you think it's going in the near-term future as marketers listen to this and think okay how am i thinking about 2022 and beyond Mm. Great. It's a great question. I think we'd have to break it down into a B2C and a B2B kind of uh, conversation. Maybe we sure. can start in the B2B realm. Yeah. Uh, within the B2B realm, I, I still believe that Twitter and, and, and LinkedIn are probably the number one ways uh, to reach uh, the audience that you're, you're, you know, you're trying to get at. I think a lot of people are still not, um, you know, I would say getting towards first base in terms of knowing, uh, how do I boost content uh, in Twitter or, or LinkedIn? And, and knowing that, you know, you don't have to sort of, you know, cut off your arm and spend 10 grand in a, a Google keyword campaign. You, you can start, you know, small hundreds of dollars and, you know, try to really narrow that, that boost of that post down. So if you were to write a white paper uh, or some sort of download that you think is going to be achieve some results as part of your drip program, then, you know, try boosting a little bit in Twitter and, and LinkedIn, baby steps uh, mm-hmm. in, in that area. And as you start to learn, uh, you know, do more, you know, do more. Because I, the way I look at it, it's sort of like starting a, you know, a, a tribe. If you only have a few hundred followers on your company page, uh, you know, it's hard to sort of see results if you're just constantly pushing that content out on your company page. Now we need sort of a, a, a tribe. Uh, you need to boost that other people's sort of a paid a paid element yeah paid element and mm-hmm. and that could that could correlate with um you know finding the right influencer and i know an influencer is sort of those things that you talk about with a b2b to c sort of campaign we can get uh to that but finding a b2b sort of influencer to help you know achieve or write uh, that could mm-hmm. be simply just a partner or a partnership so for example mm-hmm. one software company is a partner with another try to figure out how to co-write, you know, a case study or a white paper and make sure both companies, you know, sort of share it. Uh, thus, the result is that much, much better. Uh, you know, potentially if you were a soft, smaller software company or a smaller company in the GTA or Canada and you're trying to expand uh, into the States, find that right partner in the States to do just that. Uh, on a B2C standpoint, I do think that the, you know, influencers are still, you know, the way to go. Again, I wouldn't like spend money on just 
large numbers of influencers, I would find the right sort of, you know, real person. Uh, and I'll give you an example, uh, Chickpea Pasta is a pasta company out of Collingwood. Uh, about a few years ago when it was sort of first starting out, uh, we were venturing into the Seattle region and we hired, you know, three influencers, like a, a yoga sort of fitness person, a natural mm. path, and a, you know, uh, possibly a doctor. I forget who, who it was. The three, three people started writing recipes and blogs for about three months and they equally, you know, reshared their content in that Seattle area when the product hit the shelf. Uh, the store managers, the retail managers were shocked. They, they, people mm. recognized the brand. They were buying it right away. Uh, it, it, it really helped in that initial sort of first month when typical retail products could possibly fail because they're not being, you know, seen. Purchased, on. yeah. Now, those three um, influencers were all like somewhat local to that particular market? And we found them, yeah, locally. So we try to really like, I mean, obviously uh, a, a budget can can drastically change a strategy but if you have sort of I call them like micro budgets you know if you want to attack LA or Chicago or whatever you're doing you know who could you find in those areas and kind of hyper focus your budget just in that thus you know you're not getting this diluted messaging out and that could be a uh, an idea for a b2b client as well how do oh, you so. yep. hyper focus and, and, and not fall under that, I, I want to reach everybody, but hey, how about we just try to focus in on just one, one thing at a time and, and see kind of the results of that. Yeah. I think there's been lots of studies on, on influencers too in the past where it's, it's not like the, the super huge influencers, the, the Kim Kardashians of the world. This is on the B2C side, um, making the biggest impact with audiences, but rather it's more of like the the mid or, or micro level influencers that really have a lot of authority in a specific domain. And I think you can see the same thing happening in B2B where you don't have to go and get, I don't know, the main analyst at Gartner to write about you to have a compelling message or white paper or whatever the particular asset is. I think it's all about nuanced expertise in like a particular category or subject. Absolutely. And I've, I've seen data over and over again where that, you know, the Kim Kardashian like individuals yeah. that have a, a million, you know, followers, their sort of influencer results are less than the person that has 5,000 that are yeah. like, like really followed, really trusted uh, if they say something. Uh, the one other piece of uh, advice I have if you're going down the road of influencers is uh, not thinking of it as like, hey, let's just pay someone one time, one, one share, or whatever mm -hmm. that might be. I really believe if it's gonna be authentic and building knowledge leadership, you have to work with that influencer for at least three months. And, and they need to kind of produce, you know, two or three pieces of content. Uh, and they have to do it in sort of their way versus you trying to push this sort of sure. like the information on them. <clears throat> and that takes, that's a challenge, you know, to, to overcome that sometimes people really want to push you know this is what we want to say versus allowing that influencer to really like you know understand what they think they should be you know saying to their their followers yeah i can see that being you know uh hard for brands to swallow and playing that balance even you know for the influencer as well like playing that balance that they're not you know too commercially focused for their audience right and we've seen even the people that I would follow 
every now and then you see something and you're like, that might kind of be on the edge of selling out, but maybe not, you know, and it's, it's not so bad, but then there's other, there's other times where, you know, you can really feel that, that it is authentic. And there's probably a process, maybe you could speak a little bit to like the process that you would go through to get that alignment. You know, you're not just buying the next yoga instructor, instructor, but like, how do you, how do you suss them out and, and maybe talk a bit about that? Yeah, again, uh, finding the right people would be either I I like I prefer you know if the the, the clients already have a relationship with them or um, you know somehow there's your your two degrees of freedom off from that individual and it creates a nice relationship in, in that manner versus sort of going down to maybe like an influencer like agency and saying hey I want to drop this much money in a budget and you know find me you know, 10 heartbeats that uh, kind of resemble me and I don't know who they are, but sure. it, you, you, you make the magic happen. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure that is successful. I think it's probably successful if you have a lot of money to play with uh, in terms of pushing it. Uh, if you're more of a, uh, if you have a conservative like budget and you want to test it out, I would highly recommend really like truly, you know, finding the right people, you know, calling them and having that sort of personal connection and truly talking to them. And expressing your brand values, and and and, and, and working directly. See, seeing if it resonates. See, see if it, it's a fit for them. Right. Yeah. Good point. Something you were talking about earlier, Chris, about uh, you know not taking again uh, the, the, this whole sort of balance of uh, you know sales and marketing. It's been you know big shifts going on, obviously, and you know even five or six years ago it was like if you didn't have a super strong cta at the bottom of your email or the bottom of your blog it's like what's that for anyways but now i'd love you to talk about um, you know those different sections of the of the sales funnel if you will or the the you know realization funnel um and sort of like how do you how do you help a client sort of with the the the, the general process so you're mm. talking to people who need to sell stuff but how do you sort of walk them through here's the sort of areas that we need to focus on uh, from a content standpoint that will you know that that will have the right impact so like one sort of you know not to sort of dictate what you talk about but one of the things has always been um, you know sort of collecting data so for example you wouldn't put a blog up without gating it you know five years ago it was like you gate everything because you want to get that uh you want to get that that email address but the reality now is that you know we you you need to you need to basically offer you need to sort of you know throw something out there offer get that sort of the 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 uh inferred inferred sort of audience as opposed to the explicit kind of like i will give you this if you give me that let me to talk about you know creating content for this new world where it's like you can't just ask for the order every time you set out something yeah i i agree um uh, first of all chris I, I love that that should be a blog right there uh if it's not uh, this realization funnel I, and i do like that term i would say that's the first time i've heard uh, that in terms of realization instead of just calling it the sales funnel. Awesome. But that's, that's cool. Um, in this realization funnel, if we were to break it down into like three sections, just to make it a very simple one, 
uh, and sometimes that's like a baseball analogy that I use, you know, first, second, third base kind of thing. You can't kind of get third base without sort of traveling uh, on first and second. And to get to, to think about like, how do you get someone to read a white paper and then, you know, say that you're going to do a deal with them is going to be, I wouldn't say impossible, but it's one of those things where you've got to educate them along the way on first base and second base. And so those are the typical blogs and or podcasts or, you know, snippets. Uh, I call it bite snacks and meals, a meal being like a, a white paper. Bite snacks and meals are, you know, little tidbits of things in Twitter and LinkedIn that lead to a blog. The snack is the blog when I have an attention span of like three minutes or to five minutes of a read. Uh, and I'm hoping that I'm catching you at that point. I'm hoping that you start to maybe follow me on Twitter or follow the brand on LinkedIn, or I get you talking kind of B2B specs here. Mm-hmm. And then as things start to occur, and maybe I get your email address, that's where in the system I could start pushing you to, you know, a webinar or that, you know, that, that case study or that white paper that's going to hopefully challenge you, challenge you on your thinking. Uh, where are you at strategically uh, in your decision process, in your needs at that point in time? Uh, another layer just to add into that is uh, vitamins and painkillers. Uh, and I love to use this analogy in my own sort of mentoring and advising. Uh, and I've been guilty of it uh, in, 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 in my own sort of startups. We all wanna sell something and, uh, and it's like a Fred Flintstone vitamin. People, you know, can make, I can take it, I can get more efficient, but sometimes it's not really top of my agenda because it's not, I'm not, I don't need it. I'm not dying tomorrow. Therefore I can probably wait. And waiting, mm. waiting is, is a terrible word, you know, to hear in the sales process. And painkiller is sort of like, hey, I need to get to the store right now. Shoppers get some aspirin. I got a headache. I got I don't care. I'm going to drive there. I'm going to get it. I'm going to buy it right now. So when you think of these things, uh, the content itself in the awareness stage could be sort of vitamin-like. But as you tr- transition, trying to drive up and, and kind of invigorate that, that pain when you mm-hmm. get to stage two and stage three, what is this? trying to get deeper into the pain, the wound that the client might have uh, so that that can elicit, yes, I do need to sort of move this a little higher up on my, on my to-do list uh, and challenge my internal team to, you know, do a demo or, or, or talk a little bit more. So that's the, those are a couple of analogies I, I use uh, with, with clients. So yeah. I hope that answers your question, Chris. I like the categorization there. I mean, the, I think even helping a customer through that thought process in the, in, in the lens is that you just provided, you know, the, 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 the bite snacks and meals, I think are, is a good one because it helps them understand that they need a few different types of content, not just the, you know, the big ones and the big ones only, which I think many organizations kind of think that way. They put all their emphasis on this one webinar and they, that's it. You know, they don't, they don't snip it out. They don't break it down, or they don't. They don't have even a thought on, on this, of the sort of the rest of the, the rounding out of the process and the various stages of the realization funnel. But I was also going to say that that, that painkiller is a good one because I I think, you know, 
not sure that we even sort of think about it like that all the time in terms of sort of really driving focus to that that type of a, of a lens. And then it's like, oh yeah, you know, what are those real pains and thinking through, I guess, not just how we solve a problem, but like, what are, what is the, the buyer going through and, um, and getting different, I guess, feedback from customers and just from the customer service team and everywhere else. Like, yeah, what are the types of challenges that may not be obvious? I mean, we've got software, we've got whatever it happens to be that we're selling and it, we know it solves problems, but we don't always know exactly what pain someone might be going through at any given time in an organization. So that's a cool lens. Yeah. yeah maybe it's a, it's a, oh, go ahead, Kevin. Oh, I, I had a different question. Maybe if we just want to finish this, yeah. uh, I'll jump into mine after. I was just going to say like, um, that's, it's a great approach uh, to the content situation, if you want to call it that, where uh, you, you're, you, you, you guys are offering like three levels. There's things that are, there's digital transformation. There's the change management that's happening. You're, we're, we're trying to go, you know, and, and, and get people to use this new pipeline and the definition where they might be at. And uh, that's a challenge on its own. And then looking at, you know, okay, how do we design content? Uh, yeah. Not only sort of you know, put out there in Twitter and LinkedIn, but how do we now kind of get it into, uh, you know, if I am not here in this stage, are these the three blogs that I might need, you know, to be sort of pushed to me uh, to get me to that next level, uh, which would be interesting. So those are the, and, and then how do you arrange that and do that uh, in a, I like to do an iterative approach rather than trying to say, hey, you know, we can't go live until we have all of this done approach. Mm -hmm. We have to sort of like, we have to get it out there we have to scrape our knees, we have to get agile, and we got to kind of work. Uh, a year from now, we're going to be great. Uh, we're going to be like in kindergarten on day one, and we're going to have to work our way through uh, this right. together approach. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, there's so many conversations we're a part of, uh, and this is more on the B2B side, mm -hmm. um, where content marketing is sort of the, the great unknown and the most impossible task in that a lot of marketers we speak to, and it's any range of extremely senior, very sharp marketers through to marketers who are newer in their careers. And it's sort of the same. And I was kind of curious from your perspective, what do you think the top challenge is for B2B marketers as it relates to content? Why is it this thing that they just can't wrap their heads around and ultimately sit down and write a compelling, whether it's white paper or a series of emails that speaks to the value props that they do know inside and out? I think the, like your clients, it's a great question, first of all. And I think everybody probably has the, uh, if they had the right time and the right clarity and, 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 and to allow them to do it, I'm pretty certain they could get those ideas, you know, out of their mm -hmm. head and, mm -hmm. and get it down on paper. It's the, uh, as we're all aware, even this work from home situation and all these things, there's so many little inputs that are happening. It's hard to find the clarity uh, mm -hmm. to get it out. Uh, my approach really is like, you know, simply, you know, get sort of as simple as get Trello. It's like a posted note sort of board. Uh, start to get, I, I, I classify it as every idea is great. Let's start there. You got an idea. Let's put it in there. Let's back it up. And then let's tag it. Is this a stage one? Is this a stage two? Is this a stage three or a four in your pipeline kind of message or talk? 
how come we don't have any stage two or stage three? How come all these ideas that we have right here are only like, you know, the fluff, the awareness stuff? Mm-hmm. Or the selling stuff or the bottom. Or the bottom selling stuff. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're saying, Chris, like aligning all content ideas around the different stages of an entire journey of buying, right. whatever those stages may be. We need to have the journey there and it, it yeah. needs to be sort of tagged. And again, once you sort of have these ideas and you have them tagged, uh, mm-hmm. They could be like press releases again to case studies. There, and again, there could be different aspects of why you might do something or not. One is more about branding and awareness. You know, if you're trying to raise money or you're trying to be noticed a bit more in a partnership or, you know, maybe the, comp- the software company wants to be sold, you know, three to five years from now, how, how are we shaping uh, that to do that? How do we leverage a trade show? That's one, maybe if we break it down into that, like how do we, I think the biggest compelling piece too uh, that I think a lot of marketers need to realize is like, I got a lead from a trade show or I got a lead from, as you said, Kevin, that webinar that we just did. And how do we engage that lead, get them into the sales funnel and then the working mechanisms that we have sort of set up. What are the stages to get that sort of special event? What are we gonna do after besides the regular, hey, thanks for attending you're awesome mm-hmm. uh, and you know, please follow us kind of and, message. And, and i think that's partially where you were going kev too i think uh, um what i heard was that you know not just the rap i think the what you spoke to chris really around that process i think that takes a lot of the load off by that you know from from a whatever junior senior whatever team marketing team it's like okay now we can see where it is every idea is a good one. Let's start with that. And then we put, we bucket them out. But I think the other thing that you were, you were getting at Kev was the ability to actually write compelling, yeah, like to align that, 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 the, you know, that pain or that whatever stage and, and create something And I, I wrote down, and I'm not sure if you see any of this, Chris, in your journeys, but storytelling, you know, brand marketing, um, certainly my background, I think, maybe Kev's is a little bit different, but um, I, I certainly came a kind of out of technology, right? And then through that really slammed into marketing technology, you know, early days of SEO and all that kind of stuff. And, and you had to, you know, you had to d- dial into the systems, but I feel like there's been a wave of talent that just came through mar- marketing technology. I would yes, throw myself yes. in, the, in, in this camp where we don't really know how to tell stories. You know, we don't really know how to, we don't know much about brand marketing. We don't, some of these things that like, you know, you'd probably have years ago when you didn't get confused, you know, confused by the, hey, I'm a marketer, but really what am I doing all day long? I'm putting together emails and, you know, having to go tweak Google and tweak the audiences in LinkedIn. And it's, you know, it's so much of that, I'm going to just say kind of the technical side of the operation mm-hmm. side of marketing now. And then you ask these team members to say, hey, you know what? while you're doing that email, can you actually critically think about what it's saying? And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I'll do my best, but I don't you know. Like, That's absolutely happening, particularly at B2B. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I, would, I, would, I would agree with you, you guys on that. And, and it's a challenge, the, the storytelling. I think one message to your clients would be like, if there's, if this was like the early 2000s, you might be able to do one message and it might be perceived because there wasn't a lot of websites and content out there and, mm-hmm. and 
possibility of being discovered you know was quite high uh, now we were, we're in the year 2021 and the competition is so strong the uh, yeah. the outputs that you might have in your brain from looking at twitter or linkedin as a an executive or um, looking to educate yourself in certain areas mm -hmm. don't be scared to sort of push that same post out you know multiple times through the year or you know it's they have people have to see it like you know probably six to ten times before they start recognizing it and maybe click on 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 that blog post it might resonate at that point in time uh and the potentiality of uh, writing sort of an ab like uh you know have two different compelling yeah. sort of blog, uh abstracts or, or or titles but it's the same sort of blog because mm. it's possible that one could be written in a positive light, or maybe you have a negative like uh, way of uh, stating the same content, and then you test test that sort of one blog post out. Those are possible ways of trying, Michael, as you're thinking, like, try to achieve uh, those results. Uh, and, and kind of getting back to Kevin's question from before, how do we get clients to achieve awesome results? Uh, I tend to believe that you know what we do at Adams Hamilton is we we, we do like the old fashioned journalistic approach. We mm -hmm. use like Trello, we figure out your ideas. Uh, we start to look at uh, how other people are, are writing those sort of things. We look at what the keywords are of what, you know, Forrester might be talking about. Uh, we then start to interview the executives or the people on the team uh, and we record it. And then just like you would be writing an article article for Canadian Business Magazine and I was interviewing you guys uh, on being in, being in there the exact same way. And then all of a sudden your blog post uh, uh, is written and now it's probably like 80 to 90% accurate. And now all we have to do then is work with that fine, fine tuning, which people can do over a beer or a glass of wine at night. And then they can kind of fine tune that blog, send it back and, and then we packaged it. So mm -hmm. we were able to reduce, I call it friction. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes friction. So the friction in the, in the whole, in the room is uh, time and time is uh, the person's time to sort of write that grammar properly. Uh, we, we take that away and that friction is gone. Do you think some of that friction is also rooted in just starting with something? I think a lot of people know what they don't want when they see something and then the ideas get going. It's okay. Well, I'm thinking more like this and then you really get somewhere, mm -hmm. but you as that content creator is probably largely tasked with just starting something to get the ball rolling. Absolutely. Uh, and one way of doing that kind of get the ball rolling is uh, you could either, you know, do a top up or a bottom down approach. I kind of like the bottom down approach is like start with like, the seven things that uh, someone's going to get when they use your software. What, what, what are those value propositions? Mm -hmm. or, or what's different in the world uh, today that you need to think about if you're buying a platform or if you're doing something? Okay. Those seven things then could be then broken down into seven blog posts. And then those seven blog posts could be broken down into uh, two video interviews with the client that turns into a two minute video. And then also be like a sprinkling of snacks of snippets uh, in Twitter and LinkedIn based on that. Now you have this bite snack meal concept, uh, mm -hmm. but it's all around one sort of leading up to one webinar. So now mm -hmm. you have this strategic approach towards the webinar and you have the assets built that are driving for that one webinar or that one theme uh, mm -hmm. for that time period. And that could be an easy, 
potential approach uh, with, with one of your clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You look at the you look at the different platforms, Chris. I was just going to ask you about uh, your your take on on sort of the type of content that you would recommend for the different platforms. Obviously, Instagram, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn, and and uh, Twitter. Email. So, and email. Pardon me. Yes, absolutely. So, so there's all those different uh, sort of um, you know channels to to populate as a, a B2B customer. Maybe some more than others. But do you sort of like guide your customers around type of content per channel? Yes, they're definitely between B2C and B2B. Again, let's let's try to tackle the B2B one first. Uh, um, definitely. You, you, sales and marketing aspects uh, of Twitter and, uh, and LinkedIn. So you could have blog posts and you could have press releases in there and you could have, uh, you know, white papers in there. Uh, even on a B2B standpoint, there's this thing of culture and HR and branding. And we, we live in a world now where human resources are, are uh, you know, are, are a commodity and you're not a commodity anymore. You have to like really grab, try to get the right people on your team. So we have to sort of brand as well to uh, getting mm -hmm. new people to join our, our, our tribe or our team. And so even yep. if you're B2B, you have to utilize sort of more B2C like platforms such as hmm. Instagram uh, or, or Facebook, things of that nature around the life of, a, of an employee and why it's great to work in your organization. And again, you guys achieve, which is wonderful, the great places to work certification. And I think that's an amazing thing. And I think that is, is like something that, you know, most organizations need to start doing. And that again, is a possible for you guys, that'd be a possible press release and a, uh, you know, potentially a, a blog post on why, it, why it's great to work at Goose and, you know, the typical kind of things. And you could showcase Susie in marketing and then how she works from home with her dog and uh, that that could be the edge for yourselves <laughs> even to to attract the right people uh to your i love that that comic yeah. like it yeah that's actually a really good example not that this podcast this particular episode is about us but it sort of embodies the whole 360 view of the company we depict that message to our clients as a message of stability of talent and that they're trusting us, which is all yeah. authentically true. We represent it to prospective um, employees who are absolutely looking at us and saying, do my personal beliefs align with that of this organization I'm considering working for for call it a few years and it's going to be a big part of my life. I think you're, you're totally right on. It's a 360 view, not just to say, sell some more stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you're uh, totally agree, and then we get back into uh, the B two C companies, uh, I would I would not like I might put press releases and um, you know the, the the reasoning behind the positioning of the organization and its growth and things maybe in Twitter and LinkedIn, but obviously if I'm trying to sell uh, the product itself, I'm I'm doing a lot of positioning uh, mm. in Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. And, and doing those things and engaging influencers if I'm like a brand. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'm trying to raise money and I'm trying to build awareness uh, from a corporate level. I'm obviously- Need some of that too. Yeah. 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 I keep forgetting TikTok. 
I keep forgetting about TikTok. Oh, and you, thanks for bringing that up because I'm really interested. In well, that you're one. active on TikTok, Chris. I mean, you're doing well, TikTok videos now. And you know. I think there's a viable B2B so. play on TikTok. And yeah. don't forget Snap. I mean, yeah. I know. You, yeah. Oh, Snapchat. Yeah. And I know the, the president of Snap, he used to be uh, worked, he worked uh, in the sort of the SEO sort of realm back in uh, when he did the trade shows uh, in New York and San Francisco. Uh, he is now the Canadian SNAP president. And, you know, these guys uh, with that acquisition as an example of, uh, what was it? Uh, wasn't Sports Network that was just acquired by a betting sort of organization in the States. Oh, so you heard the score, I think. Score, yeah. So yeah. they're going deep into TikTok and they're doing all the gaming and how you bet and how you gamble kind of videos to the youth to try to get them to, because uh, it's cool uh, to bet on sports, apparently. We're trying to do that, trying to use Snap yeah, to do that. Yeah, 100%. YouTube. Now don't, I mean, the power of YouTube is interesting too because of search results. It's all about like, uh, and people are doing a lot of uh, keyword, like four or five, using four or five keyword phrases to find things in YouTube now. So mm -hmm. like, forget about the video aspect of taking whatever you've written, but trying to think about, you know, how do I interview the president? How do I interview whoever it might be or a client? Uh, getting that one minute to two minute sort of segment out there in YouTube, those keywords again can rank uh, in the video section of in the Google search results. So don't ever, uh, that, that YouTube's still a huge sort of play, uh, especially for B2B uh, players. Great. 100%. I was going to call it the Sonic Funnel, but then Chris stole my thunder and called it a realization but i i figured i would take part of your, your band's name and chop it up <laughs> we, we could do some the sonic fun. funnel sounds way better than realization mm. yeah it's it, more it i think that's the name of a new company michael sonic funnel yeah yeah that could be a new that could be like a pipeline attribution software. yeah pipeline <laughs> attribution software yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like a like a we it's a B two C play on like shotgunning beers, the, oh, wow. the sonic the sonic funnel, you get it down a little faster. That right? would go well with the band. <laughs> yeah, it could. <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty much um, a wrap today. Unless uh, unless anyone else has anything to throw on, I, mean, I think it would be great to have you again, Chris. But why don't you? Um, Thanks. Thanks for doing this. And why don't you just let everyone know where they can check you out? Sounds great. Thanks. Uh, it was a pleasure, Michael and Chris and Kevin, uh, just to get to know uh, Goose Digital more. Uh, definitely there's an alignment there. And you can check out adamshamilton.ca. Uh, it's a site based on top of Medium. It's really the technology that's driving my, you know, sort of corporate site. <laughs> and all it is, is uh, all the blogs that are on there are all sort of just conversations that I have that month. And then if I've repeated myself a couple of times, I write it down in Trello, just like I was talking about. I then go into an abstract kind of way. Uh, I then apply the same, uh, my, my writers on my team write it for me. Uh, I edit the grammar and the SEO at the end and kind of polish it and then get it out. So I, I, I use my own sort of dog food or process uh, to do it. Cause I know personally my friction is, is, sure. is time, that time to get it done. I know that's my my weakness, so I need to have that uh, as well. 
And you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Chris H Adams or find Adams Hamilton underscore. And those are the, the places. And, and again, on LinkedIn as well, I would be publishing uh, content that would resonate around digital transformation or change management, and typically around content strategy. Awesome. I definitely think we should uh, be doing a follow-up conversation on, on the partnership here and seeing how we can get some of that content strategy stuff that you guys do embedded into our strategy team. Awesome. So that's really cool. All right. Well, thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Right. See you guys.